The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by Lucky Bastard Distillers, Saskatchewan's premier distillery, and by the Pilot Bowens Brewing Company, brewed in the heart of Regina. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only John Gets Paid for Musical Opinions podcast. Woohoo! I am Joel Gaston with John Fraser, as usual. And uh, we have a few things to get to this week. Uh, a little later than usual because of life, but c'est la vie. Um, the Riders, hey, the streak is over. One of the most important streaks of our time has come to an end. One that a true, you will never forget where you were moment last week when the Riders finally won their first preseason game in 300 years. As uh, they did beat the BC Lions 30-27. to um, All jokes aside, they, you know, I mean, winning is always important. There are yes. certainly benefits to winning versus not losing, even during the preseason, but not nearly as bad. Um, we have some thoughts from that game. Uh, mostly surrounding sort of quarterbacks and penalties, kind of uh, the main discussions coming out of that one. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about those things and look ahead to uh, this week's preseason finale against uh, John's Winnipeg Blue Bombers at IG Field. That is, of right. course, on Friday night on TSN. So you'll actually be able to watch that one with a full-fledged broadcast as well. Yes, or if you're like me and you time your lawn mowing to when your team is playing, friend of the program, Derek Taylor on CJOB, you can stream that right off Apple Music. You also have been doing, I guess, some streaming a little bit lately. <laughs> yes, I have. As um, it's a little bit of story time, I guess, with John. Um, we've turned into a bit of a music podcast lately, and then I guess for some reason you were inspired to do sort of a radio stations every once in a while uh, send out surveys on you know sort of. I know I hear it on Sirius sometimes. Well, like be a music director and blah yeah. blah blah, right? So they're basically trying to gauge you know whether the songs they are playing are relevant to their audience or not. Yes. So. This time, and this was probably, I want to say about a month ago, like right when it started to kind of get warm, I was at my mother and father-in-law's house, well into uh, several craft beer that I brought over, and coming across Twitter from our local radio station, Cruise FM, which, again, I have opinions on their music. I think their <laughs> announcers are absolutely outstanding, and they're friends of mine, but... The Achilles heel can sometimes be the music. Specifically, if any of you follow me on Twitter, which I'm sure most of you do, unless you're Grammy and don't have Twitter, uh, you'll notice a recurring she probably theme. probably still knows. Oh, oh, 100%. <laughs> I fucking hate. That's the earliest F-bomb we've ever done in this pod. That's how much I hate this song. I hate Hot Child in the City. You know, the Nick Gilder song, it's terrible. Mm -hmm. It still gets played on way too many radio stations because it's like 70s Canadian content, but it might be along with Tall Cool One, the two worst songs I've ever heard in my entire life. And, like, I spent a lot of time at Canadian radio. I have heard some shit. So, drunk, or at least heavily buzzed, because I think I was parenting. <laughs> this comes up, and it takes me to this, like, musical survey says you can win 500 bucks. That was not my prayer. The money... It was not about the money, Joel Gasson. Mm, it was about yeah. sending. Like any message. good athlete, it's it's not about the money. Right. So I'm like, Kate, they're going to ask me which songs do you hate. I'm going to say Hot Child in the City, never play it again. I want to stab my ears out every time it plays. And I openly mock you and make fun of you when you do it. Um, but instead, it takes me like this website. And actually, it was, it was pretty cool because what it did, 
and this took way longer than I thought it would. I thought this would be a quick, like, wham, bam, and done. No, this is, like, 30 minutes, man. So it would play, like, snippets of songs from, like, different eras and be, like, on a scale of one to five, she would play less or more of this song. Mm-hmm. So I went through, and sure as shit... Like any good teaser in a reality TV show where someone says, oh, they don't want this or they don't like something. You know what's coming in a little bit. <laughs> oh, 100%. I'm like, there's no way this happened. So, of course, that was a hard, don't play this again. Yeah. Uh, and then even at the end of the survey, it said, what are your thoughts? And I said, never play Hot Child in the City again, and I'm more likely to listen to you. So, fast forward to this week. And I'm one of those guys that between, I have two emails, one for like sports releases and stuff, and one for my personal email, and and, and both kind of get plugged up a lot, I'm bad at deleting, I usually do a purge but once a week, so I get this email from 96.3 Cruise FM Promotions. I'm like, okay, what's with this? I don't remember entering a contest. Hi, John. Thanks for participating in our Rate the Music survey for Cruise FM. Congratulations. You've been drawn as the winner of $500, which is more than I ever got paid to be a music director at (laughs) 93.7 Wayne FM in Wayne. I was going to say, that's pretty close to, uh, I don't know, what, a week's, two weeks' pay in radio? (laughs) Um, Okay, my best. When I was a jock, when I was a jock and music director, I made... $31,000 $31,000 a year. And that was morning host, promotions director, and music director at the aforementioned Wayne FM. So, yeah, about a week. Yeah. If that, I'm trying to do the math. 1000 bucks a week is 52. Half of that's, yep, about a, about, about a weekly salary for being a music director. So, ha-ha! And this is a winning, so it's tax exempt. So, there we go. The tail... A long drawn out John Fraser story off the top because I'm so good at being succinct. Yeah, and I, I think the real amazing part of this story is there is actually a radio station and a media company in this province you have not burned a bridge with yet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> or did you use like a fake last name? <laughs> um, they are CKRM's parent company too, so they're mm-hmm. the CKRM sister station. So, um, uh, depending how closely you can read between the lines of some of my <laughs> tweets, that one is more like I'm more like the espionage state, right? Or like like a ninja. It's not just like burning it down with atomic fire, giving them the double-barreled middle finger, and then saying you suck, and then somehow being welcomed back onto that station's airwaves. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, the old line. You must have been truly desperate to come to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Do you think but, the riders are truly desperate when they pick their uh, halftime act for the home opener? I mean, Cruise FM is a you know sort of a spot you would expect to hear at Kim Mitchell these days, at least. It's it's and, yeah. and again, full disclosure, all jokes aside, I am way too young to enjoy Kim Mitchell as much as I do. Yeah, and uh, it's we, we we don't need to get all that again. We just kind of had to get that one last little sort of sort of dig in there because. Um, the Alouettes are, of course, bringing in Our Lady Peace, which may bring in, you know, people our age to maybe bring their kids to a football game. Uh, and the BC Lions, probably by the time you actually listen to this, will have announced who their halftime performance of their home opener is going to be. They've been teasing that for a few days now. Um, I assume it's going to be someone quite relevant. Yes. Because um, that seems to be what they do over there now, which is great. So, yeah. 
That's just it, what that is at this point. <laughs> well, well, and I think too now, and I'm going to compare this, and, and I found it actually, actually, I ran into writers GM Jeremy O'Day at the Saskatchewan Rattlers game last night. Mm. And looking through that crowd and everybody around there, I think, and I don't know if maybe more writers people were in attendance. I hope they were. They probably, I mean, they're all up there for camp right now, so it makes sense. Right. So I, you probably had some of, some of the front office. Like I saw, I was literally... O'Day and I both had a moment where neither of our credit cards worked. <laughs> so, like, uh, he, he was standing beside two very large offensive linemen I didn't recognize. So, like, we had a quick race to see who could pay first. I won. Uh, hooray for short pin numbers. But uh, I, it was good to see them there. But I hope that, you know, because the one thing the CEBL has done, and I'm a huge advocate of, uh, of it. I love the CEBL. Like, if you can get here for a game... And you know it's good because they're not paying me anything, and I'm talking about how good <laughs> they are. I mean, uh, like, I love lacrosse, all jokes aside. But but I got to say, the CEBL has done an utterly fantastic job of grabbing that young audience that everybody wants. Like, and, and, and again, my experience is limited to just the Rattlers games, but I've been to four or five Rattlers games now. Mm-hmm. And every one, my kids make it all the way through, like, yeah. which is rare. And two, like... I feel like an old guy there. So I hope that, you know, the CFL people, the marketing people at the league, and I mean, Mike Morale is a former CFL player, and he's the commissioner of the CEBL. Mm-hmm. I hope, like, they should be reaching out. I don't know if it's a matter of, and I wasn't drinking a lot of beers or anything like that, but I was just, I was busy with Max. It was a work event, uh, so I was there with a bunch of people. So I didn't see if there was any cross-promotion that I recall, but, like, if I'm the Riders, if I'm the CFL, I'm going to the CEBL, who just, just like, on purpose doesn't play games to run against their schedule and being like, we got to cross-promote. Because you have that young crowd there, or steal their ideas or something, because, man, like, who, whatever they're doing, they're getting the young asses in seats that they need to get. Yeah, I mean, it's not... You know, people like to say, well, it's the CFL's not the NFL, so I don't care. Well, the CEBL is not the NBA, and it seems... Enough people even, care, right? It's, so, not even the G, it's not even the G League. Yeah, because, I mean, there was huge crowds this past week for their opening games in Winnipeg and Calgary as well. Yes, absolutely. And it's electric, and the crowds are young, and the ticket's actually a little cheaper than a CFL game. Like, apples to apples, like, you can still, I mean, you can still pay 100, you know, 150 bucks for courtside seats, which are awesome. But it's just, it's it's one of those things that I think... That's a league that they need to look at. Even though they're only five years, they've absolutely grabbed that young demo and fi- and and figure it out. And and I mean, last night was home opener night, but again, I've been to a handful of games, and they've got a solid base of young fans that the CFL has to find some way to engage and tap into. So, yeah. But as always, that's uh, that's a different discussion for a different day. As uh, we actually do have football to talk. Yes, about. we do, and we will get to that. Of course, uh, the Riders, their big preseason win over the BC Lions, historic. Um, is Trevor Harris under pressure? Question mark. <laughs> and uh, penalties. Love, love that. Are they still bad? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, they are. All that and more coming up. Uh, first, as always, John, uh, for the Pile of Bowens Brewing Company, what is in the glass this week? Well, uh, double fisting tonight, because why not? Mm-hmm. Um, first off, the best value beer in uh, the country, I would dare say. You can call it a value beer, but uh, the Black Bridge Brewery, uh, Wheat Burst, can't go wrong, 13 and a half plus deposit and all that other kind of stuff uh, for a four-pack. Hard to go wrong with that. 
And of course, uh, I decided also to mostly because I forgot I had this Blackbridge in the fridge, uh, make our cocktail of the month, the pink lemonade wonderfulness. Uh, thanks to our friends over at Lucky Bastard. Yes, who I also saw recently. Also, uh, they sponsor Regina Riot football down here. Yeah, they so did. You, they... So you can get uh, you can get some uh, great Western beer at the games, apparently over at Libel Field and uh, some Lucky Bastard as well. Nice. And you can and you watch uh, Saskatchewan teams beat up teams from other provinces 59 to nothing. Yeah, uh, just kind of playing out the string until they eventually play each other in the final. <laughs> that happens every year. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, for a second, I thought we almost did the thing again. Oh, okay. But we didn't quite. Okay. I have a wheat burst in my fridge as well. I was not planning to grab it, and so it wasn't really an issue, I guess. But it was in the way of the beer I did grab, which was the Blackbridge Brewery Suedo Lager. Um, which oh, admittedly yes. didn't used to be one of my favorites, but I'm coming around on it now more mm. that now that I drink it more because the eight pack is such a good value. Yes. Uh, so I'm kind of coming around on it more. It's, you know, it's kind of light, easy drinking, you know, sort of take of a beer that tastes like beer. It's called Suedo Lager because it sort of tastes, supposed to taste like a lager, but it's not actually lagered, you know? Yes. Yes. No, no. And it also very, very good. Um, and it's, mm. it's one of those, you don't feel guilty. Like I always feel guilty. Like if I have a good beer. Of like adding stuff to it because sometimes just yeah. you want a little lime in the beer. Like you sometimes you need a beer and clam, right, or a beer and OJ. So uh, I like beers that taste like beers for the occasional to spice them up a little bit, just like I spice up my cocktails. And once I text Bryce, we'll figure out this month's cocktail of the month. Yeah, uh, Bryce is actually in Winnipeg right now. He uh, doesn't work for TSN on the side, so he'll be uh, he'll be on the board for that game. So uh, if you have issues. The, the ones and the ones and he's twos, on the ones and twos as uh, podcast people like to say yeah yeah it's true and 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 he's also uh, if you follow lucky bastard uh on social media yeah i had to make fun of him for that i was like they really think it's gonna help business <laughs> i don't know they got him lit pretty well like i mean bryce kind of has you know he's kind of doing the uh he's, like it's amazing what photographers can do with a good headshot it's like wow bryce good he looks like he definitely looks like uh, like the sexy like positive dad. <laughs> He's got that vibe to him in this headshot. He he looks like the dad that would call his kids sport. Oh boy! But on the same note, like still be attractive to like every divorced bomb on the soccer team. He's got that very much that vibe. <laughs> now Bryce has to listen to this. That's uh, our buddy Bryce from Lucky Bastard. Yeah, he. He does listen sometimes, just to make sure we're not slagging the sponsor or doing something too dumb around the sponsor. But uh, <laughs> I told him we're professional broadcasters and no better, or we're professional broadcasters and no better. But uh, I don't know after that one. <laughs> <laughs> if we're sponsored by like Last Mountain or Provincial next week, you'll know why. <laughs> I don't know. T- talking about how 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 a guy looks in his headshot. I mean, like honestly, here's what we need to do. I have headshots out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like if Bryce wants to have a rebuttal, he can have a rebuttal. Mm -hmm. If he listens to this and he's like, John, you bastard. Um, (laughs) You can, I I say we invite him on to give a good roast of my uh, way too small suit uh, photo I have on the Enz Toyota website. Mm, Okay. Okay. So there's, there's my open invitation to make it fair so he doesn't pull the sponsorship. Uh, some guys who may be looking for their own rebuttals on Friday night at oh. IG Field. Nice. Are um, three men in particular on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders roster, and that would, of course, be uh, Jake Dolagala, Shea Patterson, 
and mm-hmm. Mason Fine. Because I think it's safe to say uh, in that game last week against BC, um, for the first time that I can really recall in any sort of preseason game, other than, I think, other than, of course, the Cody Fajardo behind Zach Caleros here. Yeah. Um, which is a little different because Cody came in, obviously, with a lot more CFL experience than anyone else right. not named Kevin Glenn that they brought in a backup for a very long time. Right. Um, there hasn't been too many opportunities in the preseason where we thought, you know what? They may have a backup this year that you can kind of trust. Right. Even, and I, even dating back to last year's yeah. preseason, I don't think Fine or Dollar Gallo showed us anything. No. And so here we are. A year later, um, basically the same quarterback room added in Shea Patterson. And you watch that game, and you watch it sort of progress, and you watch all three guys sort of have their ups and downs for the most part, as you would expect guys of their caliber to have. Right. But at the end of the day, I mean, they put up a solid, like, 280 yards, three passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. And you're like, hmm. 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 Maybe. Hmm. Perhaps. Mayhaps, even. <laughs> There is something here for a change. Now, I'm not suggesting any of them are capable of leading this team to a great cup victory at this point. No. Um, But if Trevor Harris misses a game or two, right? they should be able to, hopefully, win a game or two with, I would say, probably any three of them. If I had to pick one right now, I'd probably be leaning towards Jake Dolagala. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what a lot of people were saying. You were at the game, I wasn't, but uh, that seems to be the buzz. Uh, and you knew that with what a dumpster fire the offense was last year, mm-hmm. that there were people in the organization that obviously thought good things about Mason Fine and Jake Dalla-Gala, uh, especially after his little DUI, his little brush with the law there. So, uh, Which for them he was to... acquitted of, so. Yes, 100%. But yeah. it's still like, how many times do you see a guy get in that kind of hot water and then instantly, boom, you're on the next train out of town, yeah, right? I, so, I didn't actually really follow the case at all, but uh, our three-down nation uh, colleague, Brennan McGuire, apparently he like kind of read over everything, looked over the decision, and he, he thought they came to the right conclusion. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, and so, so, so maybe the team kind of had that thought all along as well. Who knows? Right. I- I- exactly. Right. So um, you knew with what the dumpster fire last year was, they obviously saw something in both these guys. And I like them because it seems like even the best backups or the best quarterbacks in this league take a long time to learn the Canadian game. Mm-hmm. I like them having some stability in that position and keeping those guys. And Dalla Gala emerging as, again, like you said, the guy that maybe if, if, if Harris, who's been fairly reliable throughout his career, needs to miss a game or two, well, you know, it's not guaranteed loss night like it yeah. has been in, in previous attempts. So uh, it will be interesting to see who separates uh, themselves this week. But that might be tough because... Uh, the team came out today and said that Trevor Harris is basically going to get a half. And I mean, mm-hmm. as he needs to, I'm stealing your line here directly <laughs> from the good, bad, the bad, the dumb. He's the only Riders quarterback without a passing touchdown this preseason. Passing or rushing touchdown, yeah. Oh, Pat, caught him. That's it. Disaster. Signing was yep. a failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jake Delagala, of course, snuck in for the touchdown because he's a big guy. <laughs> he can do that. <laughs> Very um, huge. Yeah. Um, and then um, Shane Patterson had a touchdown pass, and Mason Fine. So, I, I'm going to give Mason Fine a lot of credit because I think a lot of people were down on him coming into that game. Yeah. Sort of the general consensus. I was listening to uh, the Green Zone pregame show on the way coming in, and like Daryl and Jamie and Belton were talking a lot, more so Jamie and Daryl, about how it sort of felt like they were leaning towards Jake Delagala as the guy, you know, Shane Patterson, sort of the development guy, and then, you know, 
Mason Fine. They weren't really sure why he was here this year. Daryl, Daryl, especially because you know we know how much Daryl loves talking about backup quarterbacks and and fantasy football. Yeah, and um, well, then I brought the point to Daryl. I was like, well, you bring Mason Fine back just in case neither of these guys prove to actually be better. Right, because you know, you know, you have the baseline and Mason Fine, and you kind of see where it goes from there. And my take from the game is like, okay. I think Jake looked the part. He obviously has the build of something that would, of course, you know, make coaches fantasize about using him in a lot of different ways because the guy's like built. The guy's about the height of a defensive lineman. The six foot seven, <laughs> two hundred and forty-two pounds, as I yeah. have it up on my uh, big big screen. Yeah, here. so he's not like the most filled out guy, but he's tall, which of people like in quarterbacks. <laughs> and... People kind of like in all sports. That's why I'm yeah. not. That's why I'm not a Peter Ropitz alum. Except like horse racing, and <laughs> that's fair. A six foot seven. Too, like, uh, uh, unless you're just damned like me, yeah. too short to be anything and too tall to be a jockey. And yeah. fat, too. Don't forget that. Also, too just fat. Just naturally unathletic and not good at much, yeah. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I am a great curler. You're okay. I, I mean, in fairness, you've never seen me on the ice when I'm not fucking plastered, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. But then, despite all that, because sometimes I kind of roll my eyes at quarterback at teams that kind of get, you know, enticed by just the size of a quarterback. Because you're thinking, right. like, uh, you know, okay, yeah, the guy's big. We get it. You can't teach size. Blah 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 blah. He did kind of look the part. I'll give him the credit on that one. He looked the part. He had a really nice soft touch to Corbin that should have probably been a catch, but it was, it was a bit of a tough one. But like, I think he's got a little bit more of an arsenal of throws. Mm-hmm. Compared to Mason Fine, um, I like, I think Shea Patterson still has potential. I was kind of surprised as well. I mean, I remember his Michigan days. I'm like, eh, I don't know about this guy, but <laughs> you know they they could you know they can carry three quarterbacks on a roster this year if they want. So they have lots of options of what they could do there. I mean, after the game, Dickinson talked about you know if there is a scenario where we can keep all four, they'll probably do it. Right. Um. So I mean. Well, and Patterson's and, probably your natural fit who would hang around a practice roster. Yeah, I think I think he, I think he would be smart to be willing to be on a practice roster for at least a year. Um and then it comes down to Delagala and fine to kind of who's going to be number 2 and if either of them want to stick around to be a 3 essentially. Yeah, well and and that's the nice thing with the position that they're in right now is with the ability to carry three quarterbacks, you, mm-hmm. you are able to kind of do a season long evaluation yeah. of Dolagal and Fine. Hopefully you get to see them, you know, whether it's blowouts or hopefully you've clinched something near the end of the season, you can mm-hmm. kind of roll with those two guys, right? Like And I mean, well, like yeah, realistically Coaches who see players every day tend to get a vibe on them and see more of what they're capable of just by watching them in practice every day rather than, you know, a half during a regular season game. Right, right, exactly. I just didn't know that, you know, people could watch or did watch practice. I mean, coaches do, yes. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, as a media guy, I was too busy bullshitting with you, which is why this podcast exists, so. Mm -hmm. So, it'll be, that's kind of one of, obviously, the main things that's going to be sticking out (coughs) this week, and... Of course, Trevor Harris is going to be the number one. And I guess the other interesting angle is I suppose they might actually have a short yardage back this year. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I don't know how much short yardage Trevor Harris has done over his career. I should probably know this sort of thing. I know a lot of people are saying, well, maybe Shea Patterson could do that. I'm like, well, it depends on how you want to approach it. Shea's maybe a little bit more athletic, but Jake Patterson's just big. So you could probably use either like Jake that Dolagala could easily fill that like Adrian McPherson role and just 
You just plow up the middle every time, and you're unstoppable. Right. You just kind of like <laughs> he just kind of like holds the ball out and falls over. So yeah, uh, he's. Uh, <laughs> And Trevor Harris's career high in rushing yards is actually mm. 212 from 2015 back with Toronto. But since the pandemic, he is a whopping uh, 62, 43, and 168 last year with Montreal. Yeah, like the guy's not. I'm not saying the guy's not immobile. Like right. he has some legs on him. I just don't know how much of like the short yardage package he's. Done. No, and I mean that's that's I I and the other thing too is is having a quarterback that's able to throw a short yardage package mm. gives you that ability to. To keep teams guessing, right? Yeah. Like on a second and one, you know, like you, you're putting a guy out there, like you're not going to hopefully do what Winnipeg did in the Grey Cup game and throw your guy out there and have him throw a pick. But, I mean, you have the option to be creative and fun and chaotic, and that's honestly what we're here for, right? Absolutely. Uh, but Gala basically being two yards tall can just kind of, again, just kind of thick ball, fall over first down guy right and the thing is too is you don't want trevor harris taking those unnecessary hits so no but um, i mean if tom brady can sneak his entire career i'm not i i think the amount of injuries sustained during uh short yardage plays especially to the quarterbacks is pretty overblown don't 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 you talk to a bomber fan about that joel i still remember <laughs> 2007 okay so remember kevin glenn with the little handoff little fumble broken arm we lose that was the handoff though not uh uh, that no, you're right. He wasn't just grabbing it and running forward. No, it was still it was still kind of short yardage, right? I just it's 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 just you bring that up. There's a little PTSD out here for me. So, uh, and actually, fun fact: today is Trevor. Uh, oh no, yesterday Trevor Harris's birthday. Hmm. The ripe young age of 37. Which, holy <laughs> shit, I'm the same age. Does that make me feel old? Yeah. Hey, you got to three kids first. I did. No, that's anything. Beat him to it. <laughs> there you go, Trevor Harris. I did the thing more than you at a different time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that, like, <laughs> I'm I'm dropping an F-bomb within two minutes of the show's opening, and I'm talking about doing the thing later on, because, yeah. you know, can't uh, can't terrify Grammy here. No. Um, a thing Craig Dickinson wishes his team would do less of is take penalties. And... Right? Like I'm, I'm conflicted about this one. Like obviously, yes. Uh, what was I believe the seven penalties for 88 yards? You know, it. yeah, it's not great. Oh. Um, I remember because I actually had to like open up the PDF post game because the Genius Sports stat package thing they're using this year, I guess, has a lot of bugs in it still and wasn't working that well so far during preseason. So, um, something to keep an eye on. <laughs> um, yeah, and I guess during the first game between Edmonton and Calgary, there were some issues about how accurate a number of the stats were. But anywho, um, so yeah, seven for eighty-eight, not exactly a great number. Eighty-eight yards is about on par with what they averaged last year in terms of penalties per game, in terms of yardage, as uh, the most penalized team in the league. So naturally, <laughs> uh, of course, head coach Greg Dickinson was asked uh, on a fair number of occasions about penalties in various regards after the game. And he had an interesting response where he said, he didn't just say that, yeah, we want to focus on penalties this year and be more disciplined. He set out the yeah. very ambitious goal of being the least penalized team in the league while being the most physical. <laughs> now, I don't know if those two things truly go hand in hand. Because if you're a very physical team, odds are you're going to take some penalties. Yes. On one yeah. hand, I will applaud him for coming out, and I think he's been... He's been a little more forthright. He's been a little more, at least publicly aggressive on the issue of penalties this year than he was last year. Yes. And it has he has at any point during his time as head coach in this league. 
But at the same time, is this goal that realistic? And I understand you need to aim high to have, you know, to really achieve success. Like Mitchell, the receiver at Edmonton, says his goal is to have two thousand yards this year, which like no one in the CFL ever does. Right. Just just like I say <clears throat> that it's our goal on my curling team to make provincials this year. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just have my questions about it because there was the piece in the leader post this week, Daryl Davis, of course, uh, back there writing some weekly columns for them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the research, did looked it up and saw that every year under Craig Dickinson that the riders have been, he's been their head coach. They've pretty much been either the second worst or most or most penalized team in the league. <laughs> well, so, and I understand the CFL is only a nine team league, but to basically be the most undisciplined team in the league for a number of years to suddenly being the most disciplined seems like a pretty big stretch to me. Well, and, and the thing is, too, is uh, is I can't pull up the stats in front of me because now that we're with Genius, or the CFL's with Genius, it's a little bit harder to do. Um, but I was trying to look up that, call them preventable penalties, mm-hmm. right? Um, things like holdings are going to be, unless you're the one left tackle that found himself out of a job two seconds in a training camp, uh, holding can be something that's subjective. It can happen. Even Dickinson admitted as much, mm-hmm. you know, that's something heat of battle. Maybe you don't like the call. Holding's going to happen, yep. right? PI is going to happen. Incidental contact's going to happen. That kind of shit's going to happen throughout a season, right? Yeah. Whether you like it or not, that's the reality of it. What you need to look at is the preventable stuff. And that's like your pre-snap. That's your offsides. That's your that's your procedures. That's, you know, your, your unnecessary roughness and stuff. Face masks, right? Mm-hmm. So... Already, I've got, you know, of those 88 yards, and you say it right here in the bad, and you're good, the bad, and the dumb, three are an unnecessary roughness, which to me, completely preventable. Face mask, mostly preventable. Yes, sometimes you're going to go, you're going to get a hand where it shouldn't be, but that's been this team's problem. Mm -hmm. It's not like the refs are picking on them. It's not like any of that. It's not like they've got a laundry list of holding calls, right? No. Like, it's just, it's weird that it seems like this is something so fixable. Yeah. Like this, like to me, unnecessary roughness is something that's coachable. Mm-hmm. Now, and- the, the only thing, the only thing I'll say about the two URs they took in that game, they were on the same play and they were both defending Shea Patterson who took a bit of a lay hit. And, Fair. and Dickinson said himself after the game, because he was asked like, does the scenario of that matter at all? And he's like, and it was basically, are you are you okay with guys, you know, coming to your quarterback's defense? And he said, yes, but there could be a better way of going about it. Right. Which I'm like, okay, yeah, fair. But in a preseason game at the same time as well, I'm like, okay, don't do that again, but I'm also not super mad at you. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's almost like when you come to the defense of your quarterback and take a penalty, it's a little bit like fighting in hockey or lacrosse. Right, like, you know what's going to happen. You're doing your job. You're sending a message. You're saying, you can't hit our guy. You're trying to rally the guys with you. It's not those ones that, that I think a person can care about, right? It, 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 you can, like you said, depending on situation. It's, it's just, it seems like this team always seems to take those, those late hits. They seem to take, you know, their objectionable conduct when you're running your mouth at a referee. Like, that is something entirely coachable. And that has to be on the shoulders of Craig Dickinson. And maybe with some new voices in this staff, maybe I honestly think getting rid of Jason Moss is going to help this. Because, let's face it, you know, even whether you're a parent, whether you're anybody, whether you're at work, you're led by example. When the example you're getting from your offensive coordinator and a guy on the sidelines is an absolute snap show mouthpiece, 
who's a bit of a douchebag when he's when he's dealing with refs. That comes from refs too. Um, like, what kind of leadership is that? Like, I don't think. Like, obviously, this is Craig Dickinson's team, and Craig Dickinson's going to wear this, but. Mm-hmm. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's barking in a ref's ear the entire time, like you know Jason Moss is. So I, I hope that they can improve on that front because that is a giant Achilles heel his team has had. But I mean, yeah. Craig Dickinson's also been saddled with Jason Moss for, for a little bit, for two years here. So I think the removal of Moss might help. And I'd be fascinated to see, you know, how that's how that's going to how that's going to lead to this year. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's still kind of, I, th- I think, last year especially sort of leads back to the Garrett Marino stuff. Yes. Um, that's where Craig Dickinson had a, could have made a direct impact and just, you know, gave him a dinner on Delta the next day. And yeah. didn't. Um, <laughs> Did you just say a dinner on Delta? Yeah. That Okay, I have not heard that in a very long time. It still <laughs> comes up every so often from some of the older members of the press corps that cover the team. So, so it sticks in my head when we're ever talking about a player getting cut. Um. <laughs> I don't even think, like, I worked beside Les Lazarick for five years. I don't even think I heard Lester. It's probably it's more of a football thing than a hockey thing, probably. Oh, that, so. okay, that that would make sense why Les never busted that out. Yeah, because, I mean, most of, the, most of the hockey players are Canadian. They're not getting on Delta, right? So <laughs> No, you're getting you're getting, um, you're getting a coffee on Canadian? Maybe. If you're Remember? lucky. You're on a plane if you're lucky, so. <laughs> <laughs> an, an, an appetizer on Air Canada? Yeah. Uh, um, uh, oh, God, I had one that slipped my brain. A walnut on WestJet? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Wings on WestJet? I don't know. Oh, that, that's that's okay. There you go. There, of course you, of course you did better with me mm-hmm. with that. So I mean, I, like I think we should anticipate that they should be better at penalties this year. If they're not, there's serious questions because I think. You know, the first couple of years, it maybe slid under the radar a little bit how undisciplined this team was, and then it really came to the forefront last year, obviously. And so, you know, Craig's talking the big game this year. Now he's going to have to back it up. He's talking about if it gets to a point, you know, you know, playing time and all that sort of stuff may come into play if you keep taking dumb penalties. And it'll be, it'll be curious to see if a if it happens and b. Where is the line? You know, how quick is he to actually pull the trigger and say, "Okay, no, this is too much. You're you're sitting for a game, or you're sitting for a half, or something's happening," you know, in that regard. Because I think until someone actually does something about it, I don't know how seriously it's going to be taken. Like they can talk about it all they want in the locker room. The guys that have been there a while now know the talk is the talk, but when push comes to shove, Craig hasn't really done much about it. So. If no. something happens early on, I'm looking to see if that message gets sent. Well, and I think part of that, too, is a product that this team looks to be deeper than it has in a few years. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, there were times last year, especially if an offensive lineman did something stupid, who were you putting out there? Yeah. Like, the offensive line was string and duct tape. Oh No, it wasn't even duct tape. It was string and bubble gum at all points last year, right? Even the defensive line, thanks to some injury suspension, stuff like that, you didn't have a ton of depth there. So True. I get that you need to you need to sit guys down, but at the same part, you have to win football games. Yeah. So I think the little bit more depth that this team has coming into this season might give Dickinson and his staff the chance to say, okay, you took a UR here that was completely unjustifiable. Sit your ass down. Take out the stapler. Yeah. Staple his ass to the bench. Yeah, and I think there may be also a little bit more forward leadership, shall we say, 
from within the locker room itself. Like I think a guy like Trevor Harris now leading the locker room, and this is absolutely no disrespect meant to Cody Fajardo, carries itself a little differently. Yes. Right? The guy who's been around the league for, God, like 15 years now or something, isn't it? Like he's been around the league a while. He's been a starting quarterback in the league for a long time too now. He's put up, you know, he's put up the 4,000-yard season. This guy's done just about everything but win a great cup. Like they, there's a certain level of respect that if, Trevor Harris certainly comes up to you and start talking about talking to you about something you did on the field. You're probably going to listen. No, absolutely. That is spot on. And your quarterback at the end of the day is the leader of your team. So that's a great point, Joel, that, yeah, that's he's his word is going to carry more weight than a guy that needs to block everybody from three down nation on Twitter because he's scared of the words they're going to say. Yeah, so I guess those are sort of the main things that I think it's safe to say we'll be keeping an eye on in terms of this game on Friday night on TSN, or I guess probably when you're listening to this, tonight on TSN, or maybe even yesterday on TSN. (laughs) (laughs) Hooray! Thursday recording! Because I was at a basketball game! Yeah, it's really all John's fault that uh, we didn't get to do this on the same night here. Yeah, yeah, I fucked up again. (laughs) 